I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. I am your host, Jimmy Skinner, with me from now on. Mr. Dan Perry, what's up, he couldn't what's up? stay away too long. I'm back. Y'all been seeing him fill in for me, but I'm back. He's back. We're gonna we're gonna be kicking it from now on. So, what's up with you, dude? You been doing any fishing? Yeah, man, all the time. I went up. Uh, I actually got to record a TV show uh, earlier. Well, uh, last week uh, went up on Gunnersville's show called Facing Tide. Uh, oh, Facing Tides, and at uh, I think that. Facing waves or facing tides? I, I, I think it was waves. Yeah, yeah, facing waves. There you go. With a yeah, so that's fun. Cool. Got yeah, he, he's a he's a big deal now. He's on TV. It's a like a Canadian show, so I'm I'm Aaron oh, Ashwell, that's, but I'm not that's in the cool. US. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting. I'm starting small up in Canada. <laughs> way down. Well, uh. We got another great show planned for us tonight. We're going to be going over the KBF event on the Potomac River in Stafford, Virginia. But before we get to that, uh, I wanted to first let everybody know uh, just a couple of the big events that are coming up, just to make sure that everybody's paying attention and getting signed up for these events. Uh, First one uh, coming up, next one in our area for you Southern guys is KBF will be at Lake Gunnersville the end of the month on 30th and uh, April 30th, May 1st. So if... You want to come down for that, make sure you get signed up for that. You know, it's the same format they've been using with the two separate day trail series events and the pro series. Um, they also have the event. There's one yeah, more. You're, you're fishing that one, right? Yeah. I, well, I think so. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm like just Saturday. That's probably what I'm going to do. Um, kind of like I did in Florida, uh, which I didn't fish Sunday in Florida because the fishing was shit. But, um, I'm probably going to do just the day one and then hang out and just fun fish or camp. Um, but we're going Friday this Friday to go do some looking. I got a buddy that 
like with NACA, you never could fish past a certain point of the lake. Well, now that this is since this is a national event, there's like a hole basically half of the lake that I don't ever explore. Mm-hmm. So I called in some help from my Tennessee buddies that actually fished that end to there help you go. your boy out. But uh, also on the same days, the KBF's got an event at Chatfield Reservoir in Denver, Colorado. So that'd be pretty cool. Uh, KBF event in Colorado. Curious to see how that goes. Uh, same format there. Um, can't remind you to sign up for this one because they're all sold out. But the Hobie BOS on Lake Ifala is coming yeah, up April 23rd. There's special openings. So oh, really? It's not sold out? No, I, a bunch of people keep dropping off. So oh. like I, I got in through the wait list, and there, I think right now there's like 10 spots that are open. Oh, wow. Okay, well, you heard it here. So if you want to go fish the great Lake Ufala with the way the weather's been in Alabama, I think it's going to be a banging-ass event because we got a bunch of warm weather coming, and we have not had any really good warm weather with no rain it's just been all over the place yeah and water's, it's it's kind of backwards it seems well water's like a foot up so it should, they should be like way up shallow i'm hoping so yeah i've got like a spreadsheet i'm watching the you know the weather and <laughs> of course <laughs> you have I'm a spreadsheet such a nerd. yeah I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching all the weather you know all the the how the pool and everything every day yeah and then um the last uh big event i was gonna uh, you know, remind everybody about is the Bassmaster event on Smith Lake is coming up down here in Jasper, Alabama. It's a one day Bassmaster event, uh, $250 entry fee. Smith Lake's fantastic for most. It's, I'm not a fan, but it's just not my kind of, uh, I don't know. It's just not my kind of fishery for real. It's a great lake, though. You know, you can catch tons of big old spots on it. Um, but yeah, make sure you get signed up for that one. Hopefully it stays a little bit cold or all the wakeboard boats be out and a bunch of people will be flipped. That's a, that's a, that's why we usually don't schedule events like late May or the summer because it's such a rec recreation lake that it could be bad if it warms up. Yeah. And like we were on Del Hollow. Another reason why like, uh, our friend, you know, Drew Gregory messaged us about splitting a house with him for it. And, uh, we were on Del Hollow and it was cold and there were already wake boats out. And that, I'm just assuming that Smith Lake's already firing up too because yeah. Rednecks is ready to put them boats on the water, you know. And that narrow but, uh, wakeboard boat, so it's, it can get bad for a kayaker real quick. Yeah, that's what blew my, I guess because I grew up in like wide spots of the river, the wakeboard boats are always out in the big parts of the river. Jeez, they were like back in the skinny water Wake, yeah. wakeboarding when we were on Del Hollow. It just wasn't ready for it. But thankful to those guys, they were courteous. They would chill out when they saw us. So, um, But yeah, that's all the, the big events that are coming up. want to just uh, let everybody know. Make sure you get signed up. Get out there. Try to cash a few checks. Uh, one more little piece of uh, info we're going to give out. Dan's going to hit everybody with some uh, fantasy real quick. Yeah, so right now we're in the second quarter, so Let's say you didn't do a whole lot. Uh, we're kind of a third of the way into the second quarter. Prizes have went out. Uh, first place, Ryan Crumb. He's from River Ridge and Kayak Anglers here and uh, down by Montgomery. He won He won a 50-quart Pelican. Uh, nice. And then we're going to uh, – I got second, so I'm getting a $100 Yak Gadget gift card. And then third place, getting a $50 Yak Gadget gift card because I am I am eligible even though we do the show. And they uh, – 
Well, it's uh, not like you get inside information. Yeah, on I, I, said, <laughs> I said in the beginning too. Like, I'm hey, I need one of them coolers. I'm I'm, I'm I need a new camping cooler. But the um, so every quarter, and you if you go to paddlingfin.com, fancy fishing, you can still get signed up. But the top ten at the end of the year are going to get prizes, so you can still get into the top ten. Then every quarter, there's prizes as well, and there's four quarters, more only in second. So still get signed up. Even if you didn't do it, you can still win a quarter or two. So yep. heck yeah. Well, all right. As we said, we're going to be covering the KBF event that happened last weekend on the Potomac river. And we have got the, again, they run a two separate day trail event. So a Saturday trail day, a Sunday trail day. Then there is a pro series that goes on during all of that, which is a combined two day event. And we have all of the winners here. So we've got uh, Ryan, who was Saturday's winner. Welcome. We have got Alex, which was Sunday's winner. And Tyler, who took the Pro Series win. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks for having us. Yeah. I got that right, didn't I? Because I did just look at... I think I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. yeah you got it right. Yeah. I was thinking I swapped the last two. Because it's on, on Fishing Chaos. It's a cool app. I hate how it lays stuff out. Because I'm like, it's like day one, day two, pro series day one, pro series total, and it's just all over the place. Like, <laughs> put it in order. All right. What? Well, welcome, all right, man. Will. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know, Ryan, you've been on the show before. We'll start with you. Uh, if you would, just tell everybody who you are, how you got into kayak fishing, and well, whatever, whatever you want people to know about you. All right. My name is Ryan Nye. I'm from Connecticut. I uh, got into kayak fishing 2018, probably, and started with a local trail. Um, just a couple, I don't know, probably 10 guys, 12 guys, maybe. Fished that for a few years, did some tournaments up in Massachusetts with the local trail, and then decided to do um, join KBF when it was still regional. We used to break it up by regions. Um, so that was my rookie year, was the the regional year, and then just stuck with it, and now we're doing it all over the place so started local and went from there fell down the rabbit hole oh yeah pretty quick <laughs> pretty quick autopilot or big water um i use an autopilot now um i also have a predator pdl which is the same so yeah um but yeah using an autopilot now except for hobie okay. events alex how about you man um i I started in 2017 with the kayak fishing and uh, I'm from Mechanicsville, Maryland, or I'm not from here. I live here now. I'm originally from South Dakota, not a uh, bass fisherman by design. I, uh, I grew up fishing, you know, walleyes on the Missouri river um, and used to throw big small mouth back and be like, ah, oh, there's another trash fish. Get it out of here. You know? <laughs> um, and then uh, I live in Maryland now and got, uh, got into kayak fishing when I moved here as a way to kind of like meet other local anglers um, and started up with mid-Atlantic kayak bass fishing. Um, still kind of uh, my, my regular series, local series that I still run through the summer um, and kind of like Ryan branched out, you know, um, we were a KBF uh, filler club, so qualified for the national championship. And I've, I've fished a handful of those and, you know, traveled to do the BOS series and a handful of events. And, uh, 
BASS jumped on board and we became affiliate for them. And I, I fished the, uh, um, you know, some of the trail events with them and then the uh, recent championship um, down at Richard Russell. Um, I've kind of bounced around through boats. I uh, started in a pro angler, um, switched over to wilderness, spent some time on wilderness systems, uh, pro staff team. And now I'm back in a Hobie um, 360 and uh, kind of in the process getting on the Hobie fishing team. Um, it's kind of officially unofficial as of right now, but looks looks pretty did good you, moving forward. So. Did you do it through the local team, like through a shop? Yeah, so uh, Delaware, uh, Delaware Paddle Sports has always kind of been my dealer for uh, shops. They're out of uh, Lewis, Delaware. Um, bought some boats from them great people um you know this whole kayak thing is is interesting it's all about who you surround yourself with and the support that you get and from day one uh, i've been part of that family and and now i'm to a point where you know they, they take really good care of me and um i don't know i i can't say enough good things about them i'm not just speaking from you know obviously you know i want to give them their credit when it's due but well before um you know, being on board with them. Uh, I drove three hours to a tournament and forgot my drive at home. So it was going to be a six hour, you know, round trip to get my drive. And I kind of throw out a Hail Mary. I was like, I wonder if they've got a demo drive I can borrow, you know, for the weekend and ended up calling Brian Kidd, who's one of the owners of DPS. And he's like, yeah, man, no problem. I'll get it to you right now. Um, ever since from them, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I, I don't need to look for a better shop, you know, like, yeah, they reached out to me when they didn't have to hook me up and, uh, it's, it's been lights out ever since. So, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're my shop. Um, uh, they're my people, they're, they're, they're family at this point. So, and I, I think, um, you know, people always talk about the pro staff stuff, you know, reaching out to companies and stuff. I think that a shop deal is probably the greatest thing you can get if that's what you're like aiming for is trying to be like some kind of pro staff uh, or affiliated with someone the shop experience i mean i'm sure there's some bad ones but it usually is most of these shops are smaller companies it's like a family it's it's fun yeah no i mean I, i'll put it to you like this uh i i do this stuff for fun um you know i i'm friends with a lot of the you know, big time, really, really good anglers in this kayak fishing. And it's fun to watch from the side. I, uh, I work for, you know, my small family's business here. We're a very small company. And, uh, right now I'm kicking off my busy season. I build swimming pools. I'm not able to travel during the summer, like some of the other people. So this last KBF event is probably one of my last national events for the year, other than I'm going to try and get on the uh, BOS at the Susquehanna river. Um, so I try and get all of my traveling and big level events done early in the year where our season's kind of slow and I'm able to take off at work. Um, I, I don't look for pro staff deals. I, I'm, I, you know, not a Jersey wearer and, and, and not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just, I feel like, you know, to represent a company, a company fully, I need to, um, have more time, <laughs> have more time to give back to them. And I, and I'm not in a position to do so. Um, you know, I'd like to get there one day, uh, just my current employment situation and family situation doesn't allow it. So, 
Um, Understood, man. I I know that one. <laughs> what about you, Tyler? Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm a New York native, upstate New York. I grew up here, and uh, I got into uh, tournament bass fishing out of a kayak in 2018. Um, but I was fishing out of canoes and kayaks pretty much my entire life. That's what I grew up fishing out of. So to me, it was just natural. And in fact, I had looked into KBF uh, prior to that, but I think it was, it wasn't even until 2018, they didn't even let uh, canoes in. And I, all I had at the time was a solo canoe and, and the rules didn't allow canoes originally. I wonder um, why. So yeah, it was, it was weird, but then I really got into it and bought myself a, a really old used Hobie and from there, got into another Hobie, and then uh, last year I had an opportunity to join the uh, the field free fishing team. So now I'm out of a field free, Sweet. and it's been it's been a fast track. My rookie year, my first event ever, I drove down to Virginia from New York to fish on the New River in April, and it snowed and it was cold, and that was that was my first experience ever in a tournament was on the New River in the snow. Um, but you know, I, I've fast tracked it and now, uh, I'm the tournament director for New York Bass Nation, uh, the kayak division here. And so I run our trail and set up everything for, uh, qualifying the guys to go do the classic, uh, here in New York. And so I'm, I'm dove in and I'm fully immersed now and travel as much as I can. Dude, manage it wisely. Cause I kind of went the fast route too. I run the Bass Nation for Alabama and I burn out hardcore last year. Just like it was like everything's going up and then just bam. Like I was just done with everything. Just like, my God, I need to get away from this for a minute. But yeah, luckily uh, I've got a great support with uh, New York. The The state organization here is really well run and they, they take, they take care of me. They give me the resources I need. They, they understand that the growth that's able to happen in New York, if, you know, if bass puts their muscle behind it, we can grow more. So, uh, that's I'm what we need down a, here. <laughs> <laughs> it's what a lot of States need. It's what I've, what I've seen is a lot of people, the state organizations aren't really excited about the kayaks joining the fold, but, uh, New York has been, been opposite and it's, it's been a, a welcome. Yeah. For, for us, it's been not to get off on a tangent for us. It's just been more of, it's like, they're cool with it. They're interested, but it's like, they're like, we already do a lot of work. And we don't owe you anything. And like the way it was put to me was don't make me look bad. Don't, or don't make us look bad. Don't ask for money. And I was like, okay. okay. But that was, the, that was where my help stopped. So. <laughs> All, right. All right. Yeah. I, I don't think neither one of us have ever fished the Potomac. I just know grass and tides. So somebody can kind of like, just give us a, a layout of Potomac and like kind of what it's all about. So somebody want to do that? I was gonna say probably Alex if he lives close. I, yeah. I've only been there for a couple of days. So yeah. well, yeah. so yeah. there there's uh you know the cool part about the Potomac River and a lot of people don't realize is you know there's just a ton of history um involved in yeah. how That's the Potomac River played yeah. into the Potomac River runs up right through DC. Um and obviously before freight and roads and everything like that, it was used um shipping 
Um, and it's actually really cool. The lower Potomac gets a lot of the uh, credit for being such a, you know, a, a tidal water fishery. But the upper Potomac has some really, really good smallmouth fishing as well. So it's kind of one of the overlooked things. Um, but they use that back in the day to, you know, ship things to and from uh, as a big waterway. Um, but your tidal regions and where we were fishing, uh, which I'll kind of stick to, starts at the Woodrow Wilson Bridge, which runs right into D.C. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details all the way down to the Harry Nice Bridge, which is Route 301. Um, I, I kind of find it a silly boundary. I'm not saying that you couldn't find bass down there, and I don't want to give away too much, but I, I kind of <laughs> feel bad for the folks that look down there for fishing opportunities because I think down there this time of year, you're, you're at a uh, – since it is a tidal river, it runs into the Chesapeake Bay, which dumps into the Atlantic Ocean. Um, down there, you're a more of a brackish water. Um, I think if one were to launch down by the 301 bridge, you'd probably have more chances of catching striper than you would largemouth. A um, little more salinity to the water down there than we have, let's say, further up north towards the uh, Woodrow Wilson, Wilson Bridge. Um, but the Potomac River consists of major and minor creeks. You know, your big creeks, Mattawoman, Piscataway, um, on the Maryland side. Uh, you've got Nanjamoy. Nanjamoy is a little further south. Um, I've actually caught my personal best tidal Potomac bass out of Nanjamoy, but the, the, the numbers really aren't there. And then over on the uh, Virginia side, you've got a handful of creeks, some of which are off limits due to military bases being over there. Uh, Chapwasmic Creek uh, it runs right into the heart of Quantico, which is a Marine Corps base. Um, that one was off limits, Potomac Creek, Aquia Creek, and then some of your smaller creeks up north, Hunting Creek, Dogue, 
things like that. Um, so it's full of little creeks, big creeks, you know, Madawoman and Aquia probably being the two largest. Um, and, and I, I like to consider myself pretty well versed on the Potomac. I don't know. I know there's a lot of people out there that know it better than me, but, uh, you know, at, at this point I've got a pretty good handle on it. And I can tell you at any given Sunday, it's like NFL team. Any tournament can be won out of any one of those creeks. Um, some are better than others in certain time of the year, but, uh, all of them have good amount of fish, uh, good size, good quantities. You just got to find it right. And then there's the title aspect to it, which completely, you know, with this weekend, with the wind, um, I know there was a lot of people complaining, you know, that we're fishing on the Virginia side. We had a really strong Northwest wind and, when you get that added with an outgoing tide, you call it a blow tide and it blows all of the water out of the Creek. And that incoming tide doesn't give it an opportunity to come back in because the wind is shoving the water out of the Creek. And a lot of people on Sunday showed up to no water in certain creeks, you know, and Ooh. a little bit of local knowledge with that prevented me from going to one of those areas of saying, Hey, that wind's out of the Northwest. Some of those Virginia creeks are going to, you know, have a lot less water than they did Sunday or I'm sorry, Saturday. So that's just my quick little down and dirty on the Potomac. It's, you know, tidal water is probably the most frustrating thing you can fish. Um, you can I've find heard them. that. And I still have this like urge to try it between can, the Potomac and the, the California Delta. I really want to like, I just want to try it. You, you can find them really good one day and, tell your buddy like, Hey man, I wrecked him yesterday. Let's go back and get him again tomorrow. You know, go back on Sunday and you're like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> There's Where literally the, no water here. <laughs> what happened? So I call it the, you know, um, it can turn you from, and, and I know, uh, Tyler and Ryan heard me say this at the awards, but, uh, you can go from here to zero or opposite, you know, on, on tidal water. Um, nothing's guaranteed. It changes minute by minute. You can get a, a really, really like big flurry bite window where it's like as fast as you can fire back off, you're back in them. You find that grass patch that's loaded. And then all of a sudden they just stop. And maybe it's tide. Maybe it's, sun, you know, light. I don't know. Uh, but you got to make hay when the sun shines most of the time out there because uh, a full bite window throughout the day is not typical. Gotcha. Well, okay. Well, with all that being said, now I'm like, I'm curious about, you know, everybody's like preparation and pre-fishing, like with knowing everything changes so quickly, I, I feel like it's another, you know, hurdle to getting prepared and finding a spot that's going to stay consistent. So, uh, Tyler, why don't you start? Why don't you tell us, uh, kind of how you got ready for it and how your pre-fishing went. If you pre-fished. Uh, yeah, so I did pre-fish. I was, uh, I was planning on pre-fishing all day Thursday and Friday, but with the, uh, the thunderstorms that were scheduled to roll in on Thursday and, uh, to be honest, I was underprepared in leaving for this tournament, um, because I was just late and getting all my gear prepped and I had been in my kayak once just to make sure it didn't sink before I left for home or I left home, um, so I kind of took my time on Thursday getting down there um, and then just explored a little bit. And uh, I joked at the captain's meeting, originally I was planning on launching at the Virginia side 
up north towards the north end of the uh, end of the boundaries. And I forgot just how bad the traffic is in the DC and Virginia area through there. And when I realized what it was going to take to get in and out of that launch, I was, I scrapped that idea completely. And I said, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that headache. Um, I'm there to have fun and fish and not sit in traffic. So uh, I had a, I, my backup plan was to go down and launch at uh, Piscataway at Farming, uh, Farmington Landing. And so I, uh, I basically launched there on Friday and pre-fished out through there. And I found a few random fish, nothing really great. But I, uh, while I was out around the point at the end of the, the creek there, I kept going south. And there's a little cove south of the creek there. And from the aerial image, I could tell that grass usually grows in that little cove. And it's just a, a flat. And I found green grass, new growth grass while I was down there and got bit and pretty much, you know, decided that uh, there's fresh grass here. I know talking to other people, there wasn't a lot of green grass everywhere. Everything was still died back. So uh, I kind of you know, backed off of it, graphed the area, marked as much grass as I could and where the good clumps were and left. And that was essentially my pre-fishing. I found one spot. I found, you know, all the good grass in it that I could without actually fishing too much other than catching the one. And uh, I put those eggs in that basket and said, this is what we're rolling with because I got no time to figure out anything else. I had never been there before. So had no history and just said, I'm going to go for this one. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes I feel like if I would just do that, it'd probably go better than like the overthinking and all, you know, having to plan a through, you know, F that never end up working. So it's a lot easier to spin out when you have too many plans because it's so quick to abandon a plan because they're like, I've got something else I can do. And then you're going to leave when, if you just gave it another hour, fish would reload, something would cycle back in, it would turn back on and, and you'd be back on them. And I've made that mistake, you know, countless times. And then again, I've stuck on things I should have left before. So and I'll <laughs> tell you, knows. that's been the, the thing the motor has killed for me is I'm just too quick to be like back on the motor. Like I'll just like, oh no, I can, I can go hop to this spot real quick. Nope. This spot's dead. Turn the motor on high. When, you know, back when I was just paddling, I'd have probably made that spot work one way or another, you know? <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I mean, that is like real juice though. I mean, you just finding green grass, it, it seems simple, but I know like here we follow the coots where, you know, like the little duck looking things, whenever you see them, then, you know, they're, they, they're usually on fresh grass, but I mean, green grass in the spring is sometimes that, that can be enough to be the absolute deal. You know, we, we talk mm -hmm. about different baits and stuff, but sometimes it's, that, you know, things like, like basic things like that, that people don't know that, uh, that, that can make all the difference in the world. Heck yeah. Well, uh, Ryan, yeah. how about you, man? Ryan, you, you want oh. to tell us about your practice? I didn't hear you. I didn't hear who you Sorry. said. Um, yeah. So I got down there. Um, we left Sunday. I traveled with a guy from up here. Um, uh, we traveled together to all those. So, um, we left Sunday from here. We actually fished a tournament in Connecticut Sunday and left, went down there and pre-fished starting Monday, like later in the morning. 
Um, started at Matawoman. I think that's the name of it, Matawoman down there. Caught a few fish, but never really, never really got around much. And being there last year, the Matawoman has pads and there's grass and there's, you know, all this stuff down there. And then you pull in this year and there's none of that. And we're only a couple weeks earlier than we were last year. So kind of a surprise when we first pulled in. It was like, okay, maybe this isn't really going to be <laughs> – similar to what it was last year at all. So, all right. So we fished in there a little bit, caught, caught a few little ones, nothing, nothing crazy. And then we just really try to do, try to go different ramps, go further North. We went all the way North to the border or to the boundary one day. Um, and kind of just, just fished around, uh, one day doing what Tyler did, just went looking for grass. <laughs> I never, I found some grass, but like he said, a lot of it was dead and never caught a fish out of it um and really just fell back on what i did last year when i was there um and which is fishing a creek that had water in it last year we kind of had the same thing where that water blew out um and i know a lot of guys showed up to a ranch with no water last year too um so i knew that it would keep it had water in it it wasn't gonna it was low like it it was lower than it was um saturday on sunday but um I, it'll never it'll never be empty so we we kind of put our eggs back in that basket and went went where we caught them last year and it just panned out again but we had hit that creek on tuesday before the tournament and didn't go back until saturday so caught a few fish on tuesday and we were like oh well, there's something here and then the rest of the week we didn't find much of anything so just go back and Cross your fingers and hope that those title bass <laughs> are where you hope they were. I hope they're going to be. So. And the Alex, hey, you just fish whenever you want to, huh? Well, I, I wish it was that easy. Um, I ended up pre-fishing just the weekend before um, Saturday, Sunday. Um, my son plays hockey, so Saturday I was out for just a handful of hours in the morning. Fished on the Virginia side, but... Uh, Watching the weather, and I know watching the weather from a week out, especially in the spring, is really tough. But they're most of our this time of year in this region, it's always windy, and generally in some direction out of the west. Um, and I know I, I think Ryan, you fished this last year. Um, <laughs> a lot of the creeks were empty on Saturday because it we had it blown out big time. I yeah. mean, places where I was catching fish the day before we're two feet above the water level on Saturday of last year. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to set myself up for that again. So I just tried to stay clear from that. And I don't know, my wheelhouse is Madawam and there's not an inch of that Creek I haven't touched in some shape, some way, shape or form. So, um, at, at any given point, I kind of got to figure out how to catch a bass in there. Uh, maybe not size, you know, like Ryan said, you can scratch up, you know, maybe a limit or whatnot. Mm -hmm. and uh that turned out not to be the case saturday but we made up for it <laughs> sunday <laughs> i i you know i knew there was three boat tournaments going on i just didn't think that 90 of them and me had the same plan in mind i mean it got, it got pretty combative in there um even between boaters uh a lesson in hospitality could have gone a long way so um i got a little spun out saturday um 
not on I, a dip. I, I can imagine a bunch of people from that area like cussing each other. You know, we're, maybe we're a little bit nicer down here in the south. Yeah. I can imagine it, some DC. We're know, a mi we're a mixing bowl of everything. A lot of <laughs> yeah. military transplants, like a lot of not locals, and it's a it's a recipe for disaster <laughs> on the water. And you've got no dog in the fight when you're on a little plastic boat, man. You're like, all right, you know, you got to know. I yeah. So it it was uh it was ugly. Um, but yeah, no, as far as pre-fishing goes for me, I went out Saturday, Sunday, and I caught a small window on, uh, Friday, um, that I made it out, um, to, to just kind of scope around, but I just never, Ryan said it best. We're actually really far behind. We've had a chilly spring. Our vegetation is, I actually went back and looked in historicals. We've had pads like fully bloomed in mid-March in this area. Um, and yeah, we're, not, we're, we're definitely behind here too, for sure. We've got stems. I think they're like this big as average, you know, you might find one that's like maybe starting to flower now, but like it, it there, there's not a whole lot of anything. And I think maybe that played into some of Tyler's success. And I, I, I did have a question for Tyler, just out of curiosity on Saturday, were you visited by any boats where you went? Not a one, not a single kayak was in view of me, and I did not have a single <laughs> boat come in that little cove. Man. Everyone stopped at the point and peeled off and left, and I was left alone the entire we're gonna day. We're going to have to take this podcast down because it's about to get blown up by... <laughs> 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 no, it's uh, I, I was curious. I was like, oh my gosh, you found grass, and I, had to have been boats because there is just nothing right now. And, traditionally we are a, a grass factory so we're just not there yet well that's what only, it's kind only, of weird go ahead i was gonna say i only found it because i was literally uh uh bouncing uh lipless off the bottom and i snagged it up and i pulled it up and it was green new growth and i was like oh look at that <laughs> i've always said that cheap little uh you know rattle trap is the best tool for finding grass or new grass anywhere you know you can have the best electronics in the world but nothing gives you the real deal like a, like a lipless on the bottom so that's cool man yep. thank you yeah it's been it's been crazy you talk about being behind you know we we spent the paddle and fence spent the week up uh on del hollow in tennessee and you know there it's behind and normally it's like you see the trend go where like it starts in florida and it just kind of works its way north how everything's warming up it's almost been backwards because Kentucky and Tennessee are like, like mine and his lakes are like Gunnersville, Wheeler, Pickwick. Like they're ahead of us, which normally they're not. Like normally, like you said, I've seen pads like on Gunnersville in, you know, early March, like last year, because it was like unseasonably warm. Right. And even with all the rain, we had it. But we keep getting these ridiculous cold snaps and all this rain. And it's just it sucks here right now. Like I don't like fishing around here right now. Cause it just has not been any good yet for me. It's, it, it's like every time they go to spawn, it's like cold front. So they, they keep getting pushed back further. There's some, but I mean, here and there, you know, we'll see. But yeah. we, we got two weeks of warm weather coming. I think that yeah. they're just going to like, it's going to be away. like to hell with it. There's going to be spawning fish everywhere. It's going to be great. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. Just <laughs> everywhere. It's going to be fantastic. Eggs. <laughs> all right well then i will go into a tournament day we'll start with you brian you won day one so you you had the big day one man tell us about it um so 
So fishing the spot that I fished last year. Last year I ended up getting fourth both days. So I did well in that creek. We were up in Ocaquan is where we were. Um, and that is like, I don't know, maybe it's just, I don't know the rest of the river, but it feels like it's just a community hole and there's boat after boat after boat after boat rolling through every single marina on that, in that creek and then kayakers and that, everybody. It's just, you can't like, I don't know, Tyler didn't see a boat. I did not see a boat. There was boats <laughs> every single dock, every pole, every, they're just all over the place in there. And um, it really just, just had to slow down. Um, for me it just i was the morning I, I started and i caught a few good ones in the morning but i was just fishing pretty quick and you know kind of getting through just fishing one marina really just three different slips of that marina um oh. and kind of just cruising my way through and then a boat would pull in and catch like four or five behind me and i was like okay i just need to really slow down and really pick this apart and um so just started dragging a drop shot around and I caught, I caught that, I can get down with that first day, like, and the, the water's dirty. Like it's not, you know, it doesn't, it's not like up here where you get clear, deep water and you're fishing a drop shot out in 40 feet. Like you're, I'm literally like pitching the thing around these, these docks and just slow dragging it. And, um, and the painful caught, kind of fishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Painful. But I mean, there were, it wasn't slow, you know, I caught a ton of fish and they were, a lot of little ones, but I mean, I caught a 20 on it too. So 18 and a half. And I think those, I, I don't know the Potomac that well, but I, I know last year I didn't catch anything. I think my biggest last year was 19. So I know that those fish aren't easy to come by. Um, I think last year, the biggest bass caught was 20 maybe. So um, I know that it's, you get, you get a couple of those strung together and you're doing something right. So once I caught, I think I had an 18 and a half, a 19, a 20, and two 12s in the morning. <laughs> um, and just just kept grinding, just kept pitching that thing around. And you could go you could go down that slip, turn around and fish behind yourself and catch three more. And then turn around and go back down it and catch four more. And then like just all the time, and you're just not gonna catch them all. And I don't know, I don't know if it's the tide that moves them around. I don't have any idea, but I know that. I left a lot of them there <laughs> and the other, like I would leave one and then somebody would pull in the next one and be catching them right where I just was. So I don't think you could catch them all. I just think that there was so many fish in there until Sunday. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's awesome to, you know, a lot of folks get deterred with all that extra pressure of like other boats and kayakers sharing water and, um, and then something else that'll, you know, some people just don't like is, like you said, you know, you'd work through an area and then a guy'd come behind you and catch him. And then you decided, okay, I got to slow down. Um, you know, kudos to you for being able to have that mindset. Cause I, I know too many people that like, I, I'm usually the guy that is doing the fishing behind because I like to watch, you know, what you're doing, not catching them. So I can eliminate, you know, that idea <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, kind of same thing for you, but that's a, that's a, another little, little juicy thing to, you know, for anybody listening is to, don't, don't let it like get in your head, you know, use it as a piece of the puzzle or like you did like slow down, or maybe you saw what they were throwing or, 
you know, how he approached the doc compared to you or something like that. But use all that stuff as a tool, you know, for, for anybody that is a head case, just take, take that as a little piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what they were throwing, but I pulled out of that one, that one slip and they pulled right in behind me and it was maybe they might've made three casts before they're like, net, get the net, get the net. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I got two, or I, I think I had two or three fish at that point. And I'm like, get the net. Like, I just fished in there for, you know, it was, I didn't stay in there for a long time, but I was just in there and these guys cast in there twice and catch fish. So I'm like, all right, they're around. I just need to, need to slow down and really pick these things apart because, you know, you can, you can kind of, you can just go back and forth in there. If they're there, they're going to be there. And, um, I'm not, I don't use live or anything like that, panoptics, anything like that. But I know that there was guys around me using that and they're yeah. just going pole to pole looking and then, oh, there's one spot lock, flip at the pole till you catch it kind of thing. Um, what you could do, something we learned from our man Brad Hicks at Del Hollow, because there was an MLF event going on. There was 298 boats in it and he'd just be in the middle of fishing. You know, those guys are taking it serious and he'd just sit back and be like, woo, five pounder. And everybody just like, Whoa! stop and look and then he's literally just sitting in his boat doing nothing but they'd all get fed up with him and like go away <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what you gotta do maybe yeah that's it. but yeah no it was it was a blast and i, I don't know it just kind of worked out in that marina it got it got shallow the next day and i don't know there was still fish there i caught my limit there and then i left the other guys that i was fishing around um i think there was three of them that were in the pro series and kind of had a shot so I left it alone on Sunday and went and tried to find the same thing somewhere else. And they just weren't there. Um, but True sportsman. Saturday, I really just, I just stuck it out in there. I didn't care who was, <laughs> who was around <laughs> or who was trying to get in. I was like, no, I'm keeping this. Cause I know that they're, they're tough. Well, to and find. it worked out, man. You, you ended up with 92. Um, and you anchored it with a, a 20, which ended up being the third, was it the third largest fish of the tournament? Yeah, yeah te- technically off of time, but I think there was a couple other 20s caught. They were just a little bit oh, okay. in line. So, did, did, um, do you have a go-to drop shot bait um, that you don't I, want sharing? <laughs> it was honestly the first time I even hooked this thing onto a drop shot, but it was a Berkeley bottom hopper, just green pumpkin that I was throwing. It was like the smaller finesse one. It was like four and three four quarter inches, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but I just threaded it onto a drop shot. So I had like a full exposed hook. Um, and I mean, like 10 pound line, not super, super finesse, but fairly light. But I, like I said, I'm only, I'm only pitching the thing like 15 feet. I'm not like bomb casting it, you know, yeah. just pitching it around and hook them and just get them in the boat as quick as you well, can. Well, and you, I, I would want that heavier line being around the, the pylons and docks and everything. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it, I mean, I hooked a catfish in there. The thing had me all wrapped up and it still came out and I broke it off at the boat, but it came all the way out around those posts. I broke it with, my, <laughs> I broke nice. it with pliers trying to shake the thing off. But um, yeah, no, that 10 pound line was, it was more than enough. I think I think you probably even could have went down a little bit if you wanted to, but like I said, the water's not clear there. So I'm not, you know, yeah, you're not you probably could have even went up in size and it wouldn't have mattered. I don't really know, but yeah, I throw in that little, little, Berkeley bottom hopper on a quarter ounce and, and the water's not deep six ten feet in there and just just slow just slow down and that that spot lock really came came in handy for 
it got windy and whatever. And I would just hit spot lock and then I would jog over to the next pole, the next dock, whatever was there. And I would just keep jogging down and then I would just jog my way back um, with that, that Minn Kota puck and the Minn Kota. And it was awesome. It was awesome. But And the max just wafting to the fish. No, it wasn't max <laughs> It was just the regular one. Oh, the regular. Okay. It was just a Berkeley <laughs> bottom hopper, no max That's what I was going to say. Up here, I'll throw flatworms and stuff. But down there, I don't. It was just the bigger, bigger green pumpkin bottom hop. Well, not not the bigger one, but bigger than a flatworm, which is pretty much anything. <laughs> All right. Well, Alex, you were a day two winner, man. To tell us about that. Day two. <laughs> I got a funny story. <laughs> so day one, man, I spun out. I uh, after about three confrontations and and you know, kind of had my like map in my head, like this is the point I'm going to hit first, second, and there's just boats everywhere. And I'm sitting there and I'm fishing a lay down that historically holds fish. And uh, I caught two right away and it was the boat vacuum. <laughs> Apparently that was the only place they figured in Madawim they could catch fish. And I had someone from a boat pitching into the same lay down as me. And I was just like, what, really? So I left that and I, I hit a few spots and it didn't really pan out. So I jumped in the truck and went to Piscataway where, you know, Tyler had launched and um, had a few little places in there, caught one, uh, you know, ended the day with four fish, uh, just felt dumb for leaving my spot to begin with. You know, I probably should have like flexed, you know, the muscles that I don't really actually have, but should have like, you know, been the chihuahua and probably tried to like hold my ground a little bit better Start throwing the tungsten in the yeah it's at the gas yeah, yeah. i don't I, you know how it is you're like all right well screw it i'll move to the next spot and it just everything just kind of fell apart and my day was just i kind of lost track of myself i fast forward i didn't drink any water all day saturday mm. um and saturday after the tournament i left right on time to get out of there to make my kids hockey practice, you know, trailer kayak and the whole thing, pulling up to the ice complex um, and was able to catch that. So realistically, that was kind of my highlight Saturday. Got home from that and I passed out on the couch and I woke up at like seven and I felt like hell. And I looked at my wife and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to fish tomorrow, man. I, 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 you know, was just dousing the water um and ended up eating something and went to bed and my alarm was set for really early uh, sunday morning and i woke up and i had like the worst case of vertigo i've ever had you know like i i felt like i couldn't even drive safely <laughs> and uh i went back to bed didn't even set an alarm hell i didn't get out of bed till 6 30 on uh sunday um i woke up i felt a little bit better at 6 30 so my wife and I drank coffee till seven <laughs> and uh, she goes, are you going to go fishing or what? And I was like, I don't think so. I don't feel good. I, I'm lightheaded. I, and she goes, well, you already spent the money. Just, just go down and, you know, put an hour in and see what happens. Well, lo and behold, that was the right ticket. Cause uh, by the time I had launched, it was eight o'clock and I went back to that first spot place. I fished the day before. And, uh, by 10 o'clock, I had 90 inches. Your and, wife's uh, not going to let you forget that. 
I feel, like, I feel like you owe your wife a little bit of that cut. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told her I'd, I'd, I'd help her out, you know, and buy, buy her Burger King or something. Feel real go. special. You don't get too ahead of yourself. Yeah, but uh, you're the crown, you'd be the Burger Queen. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was ready to roll out uh, at 10 after I had 90. I said, you know, it's, I, I knew Ryan had caught 92 the day before, but that's almost unheard of on the Potomac especially this time of year. It's not something you can really reproduce most of the time. And I fished a lot of tournaments on the Potomac. And generally it falls anywhere within that 87 to 90 is your winning bag limits. I um, mean, I saw Ryan smoked them and I was like, oh. And I traditionally don't stare at the, you know, the leaderboard. I kind of knew what I had. And I said, well, I better, I better stick with it. And plus, you know, I'd caught a lot of attention because when I tell you I caught fish on Sunday, it was nonstop. I mean. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I hate to tell you how many fish I threw back in that 14 to 16, you know, and a half inch range. And someone reminded me um, on Saturday with 92 and a half, if I'd have caught a 14 inch fish, I'd have been right up there with Tyler. So <laughs> um, on the Pro Series. And, uh, I, I wasn't able to do it, you know, on Sunday I was, I was literally like, I'm throwing back a fish I couldn't caught yesterday, uh, for whatever reason, but no, it was, it was fun. Um, they were chewing and, uh, my first two casts was 16, 18, 18, seven, five, 20 and a quarter. And it just progressively went on. Um, so it was a fun day of fishing, but I still didn't feel well. So I was. I was enjoying it, but I couldn't actually wait to get off the water because it was very windy and the boat was rocking. And like I said, I was nauseous to begin with. Um, and it was, it was one of those, it was like probably one of the longest, usually when you're catching fish, your day goes by in a flash. This day couldn't end soon enough, but I had to stick on that spot because I knew that someone was going to move in behind me when I left. Yeah. And I had to hold it down because I knew what the spot was capable of at that point. So I, I had to stick with it against, you know, I really wanted to be off the water with 90 and say, you know, let the cards fall how they fall at this point. So. Well, uh, what were you flipping in there on them on that laydown? Secret. Secret. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I threw a little bit of everything. Uh, there was a jig involved. There was uh, variations of a Senko. Um, Really didn't test the moving bait theory. I didn't want to rattle the nest too hard. Um, I I didn't feel like I needed to throw anything reaction in there just to the amount of bites I was getting from um, soft plastics and dragging them through there. Um, I feel like I could have caught them on 
a Budweiser can had I put it in there, but um, <laughs> one of those I, kind of bites. I, I like it. it. It was one of those things, you know, I just, uh, I, I, you, you stick with what works. You know, if I feel like if they got too activated, they may have left. So, you know, too much commotion, maybe. Um, I don't know. That's just my little theory. I could be wrong, but I, I like to finesse fish anyways. It's kind of my, my go-to. I, I'm a, I like micro stuff. Um, some people like throwing big swim baits. I like throwing crappy jigs. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I'm just like last year, I've been trying to be the power fisherman and like figure all that out. And I can't. So I like my go-tos are like finesse jigs and Texas rigs. Yeah. Like, that's I like to, what I, what I make work. I like to keep it small and light when I can, you know, the wind made that difficult. Um, but there was other kayakers in the area that were catching that were doing the same thing. And, um, you know, like Ryan said, the spotlight would have been awesome. I don't have, I run a torpedo, um, and I have foot control and that helped out a bunch. Um, but really that 360 drive on the, uh, Hobie, um, I've always thought like, man, that thing's like 90% overkill, but the 10% time you need it is it nice. It was, I mean, especially, you know, I wasn't feeling well. I, when I say I was feeling rough, I was feeling rough. So, um, but I will tell you, I had a, uh, two beers at the, uh, the deal at the end and fixed me right up. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, that would have been something to come in and like throw up and chance yeah, lap or something and, like no, that. No, Thank you. It, <laughs> it, it was good. I had a lot of fun Sunday. It was nice, you know, meeting Tyler and, you know, kind of bouncing around. And plus I, I fished an event with Northern Virginia kayak bass anglers and, um, due to conflict of scheduling, I don't get to fish a ton of events with them, but they run a really awesome series as well. So I like a lot of the guys over there. They've got some really, really good title anglers. Um, you know, that I think maybe the weather or, um, I, I heard someone say when you have too many options, it, it almost is just as bad as sticking with that one option that you found fish at. And I don't know how the cards fell for everyone, but, um, you know, they've got really good title anglers that I usually duke it out with on our local events. So it was fun to see those guys and well, kick it. Heck, heck yeah. Well, uh, like you said, you ended up with 92 and a half on day two. So you, you probably made the right move by sticking to them, but you did gap second place by a decent amount. You might've been able to go in with 90 and call it a day. But like you said, somebody moved in on your spot and probably, you know, the worst part about it is you never know what someone's holding on to, you know, with kayak. <laughs> you're like, I knew Ryan was on him. I mean, he put up a phenomenal, I mean, 92 inches. I was like, God, mercy you know anything over 90s rare um and i you know the you you start looking kind of like i did leave early by the way um i, I didn't spend the whole day out there i just didn't leave people with enough time to beat me so <laughs> it's a strategic leave yeah yeah i was kind of like all right well uh, i'll give them an hour half hour ran your motor over the spot yeah no no i wouldn't you know i'm not like that man i i had to i gotta tell you i ran into two guys from new jersey um never met them before 
and we were within earshot of each other throughout the tournament on Sunday. And I had a really good interaction with them. And um, it was it was actually kind of fun just to be able to, you know, talk to other people and see what they – and then it turns out we knew, some, you know, oh, I know him, you know, this, that, and the other, and had a really, like, kind of cool small talk, you know, just throughout the day of, like, life, things in general. Um and that's Makes really pass. <laughs> well, it's just like it's what it's about for me, you know. Is like it kayak fishing has put some of the best people in my life, um, and, and I'm sure everyone's got a similar story. But you know, it's something I don't take for granted. Is like those. I try. I try not to have a missed opportunity at meeting, you know, someone new or or making a connection somewhere, um, because you just never know what position someone's in and just talking to a random stranger sometimes just is, is, is a cool feat in itself. So. Oh, for sure. There you go. Well, Tyler, you had two good days. Tell us about your tournament. (laughs) So, yeah. um, So as I said, pre-fishing, I found that one little spot. And so I motored out there Saturday morning and I didn't go right on top of the first spot I had. I just kind of, you know, eased my way in there because I wasn't sure exactly how they were going to be set up. And I really wasn't even sure how I was going to catch them because, like I said, I only caught the one in pre-fishing on a lipless. But for uh, heading into there, for some reason, I rigged up a couple other things. And one of the things I rigged up was a uh, a big uh, Strike King 2.5 square bill. And I started hucking that thing around and the first fish I caught was an over eight, it was 18 something um, on that bait. And he had it pretty good. It was, it was still on the outside of his mouth. He didn't like engulf it, but he was hooked solid. Um, so I was thinking I, I'm on to something a little bit. And then throughout the day, basically I alternated between that and a smaller square bill of BX Brat. But most of my bites came on that big square bill. And I found this one spot. And again, it was, I was able to spot lock on this one location and I figured out a cast and I would make this cast and two, three casts in a row, I'd catch a fish and then it would stop. So I turn off the spot lock and I would kind of drift around the area a little bit fishing around. I'd come back to that spot, hit the spot lock, make that same angle cast. Boom. There's another one. Boom. There's another one. And there was just a patch of grass that that square bill would hit and i had to reel it slow like if you watched me it would you would think i was dragging a jig or carolina rig because i was literally just dragging that square bill bouncing it off the bottom ever so slowly but it was triggering the bites um so it got to be almost noon and i was sitting at 88 inches and i knew like previous years the winner usually had roughly 90 inches and, you know, 88 inches was going to be pretty good. And I think, I can't remember if I was sitting in second or third at that, that point, but I didn't know how well this spot was going to hold up for two days and I had nothing else. So I made the decision I'm leaving. I'm not going to beat this up anymore. I'm going to try to save these fish for another day because I really didn't know what else to do. Um, and I figure I can keep trying to call up, you know, a couple 16, 17s here and there um and maybe move up a place or two but i i would rather save those for another day so 
I took off with about a day and I fished around Scottaway a little bit and caught another fish, but it wasn't a call and, you know, left. So that was day one and I finished in fourth place and I was feeling pretty good. And then I looked at the detailed forecast for Sunday and in my spot, the forecast at like 11 o'clock in the morning was going to be for 20 mile an hour sustained winds with gusts over 30. Um, now I've got a 24 volt Minn Kota that I put on my 13.5 and that thing will hold you in position in some pretty serious water, but that was intense. Um, so I figured going in on Sunday, I'm like, I've got a two to three hour window. I've got to put up 85 inches in these two to three hours to take home, you know, the, to hold on to the pro series. And so I gunned it out there and the bite was a little bit slower and they weren't hitting the square bill, but I switched it back up to the lipless and started throwing a jackhammer around and again, found that one spot and I was able to catch a couple more fish off that exact same cast um, and managed to scrap up a limit. And I was at 82 inches and I just called up two inches. And at that point, the wind had picked up and my spot lock was getting really, really jerky because a gust would come through and it would push me off hard and the spot lock would yank me back and it, it got too frustrating. And then I, so I turned the spot lock off and I was just cruising around and I realized that I had this thing on a five just to slowly creep into the wind. And that's a 24 volt motor on a five. Yeah. And it, it was the swells were getting bad. I'm like, this is a bad idea to stay out here. I'm going to dump this thing. I got to leave. And I spent an hour and a half just cruising around Scottaway looking for a place to get out of the wind. And everything out of the wind was six inches of water because of that blowout tide. And like, there, like I, I couldn't find anything to go in and fish. And it was about 1145. I pulled into the ramp and said, I, I got nothing left. I, I'm done. And it was two hours of me sitting there watching the leaderboard and Ugh. watching anglers, you know, like Matalevich and Conant just catch them and catch them and slowly get closer and closer. I got it. He's, I've heard he's pretty good. Help. Pardon? I've heard that guy's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was, it was painful to sit there. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, it, it was enough and that spot held out and uh i managed to to hold on for the win in the pro series so yeah, yeah. and you uh you did you got him by just a little over two inches uh which i mean that's honestly that's you know one good call away but um i can only imagine how tough that would be like having to call it call it quits due to something kind of out of your control and and i and I, I mean some people would argue and be like well you could have you know, loaded up and went somewhere else. When the wind beats me up all day, I usually, I'm just done. Like it just, I reached that point with the wind, like the rain doesn't bother me. The cold usually doesn't bother me, but the wind, I just reach a point where it's just, it's just too frustrating to deal with when it's making the big rollers. Or like you said, you know, I can't stand when I'm 
sitting in my kayak and I'm like, I've spent all this money and this damn kayak still only going a mile an hour into the wind. Why the hell am I here? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll tell you that 24 volt, you put that on an eight or 10, even in that wind, you're still making three miles an hour. That thing is a beast. And, I, and I'm so glad I, I went that route and put that on because that my top speed is, you know, over five miles an hour. And in that heavy wind, it holds. So, that is what, which feel free are you in? Uh, the 13, five, the lure, the lure 13, five. Yep, that the is big screaming one. fast in a lure. <laughs> yeah, it I, is. that was my first like good kayak and she's not fast, like by any means. If you're getting five out of that thing, like that's a, that's a motor. <laughs> that's a motor. <laughs> that's nuts. Ryan well, congrats, man. About, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no I was saying Ryan was talking about a Predator PDL, and I think that's probably the fastest pedal kayak out there. I, I fish with Trey Leach from Innovative Sportsman a lot. And He's when got it comes to, on his. Well, when it at the BOS events, I don't know what that boy puts the juice behind that thing, but I can't keep up, man. That's a that's a that's a heck of a paddle. Oh, no, I fished with that boat is so much faster than my autopilot. Yeah, by that, a lot. It's a rocket ship, man. But I, it only goes as far as you're willing to keep pedaling. So yeah, <laughs> the autopilot. Dan, Dan has stuff. that's what you have, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, I have a big water, and it's it's quick. Like we fished together in Pickwick last year, and I was motoring, and he was pedaling, and I couldn't keep up with him. And then, like, tournament day, he put in, or I can't remember if it was tournament day pre-fishing, but you, like, you covered, like, one whole corner of Pickwick, like, with your legs. And, like, I was miserable in my kayak with a motor. (laughs) Like, I ran cross-country in high school. I might have a lot of weight, but, uh, man, I I get after it. I'm I'm, I'm like a turtle. Uh, But luckily, I have a fast kayak. I just, I go forever, you know. It's like once my legs get going, I just, I'm good, you know. It's like perpetual motion. (laughs) <laughs> you said that earlier that with the motor you want to jump spot to spot more i'm the exact opposite when i'm in the pdl i'm like oh i can get over there pretty quick i can go over here quick i can go up there quick and i move a lot less in my autopilot and it might just be because it's a little bit slower so i'm like i don't know that's gonna take me longer than it used to but in the autopilot like i would have never last year when i was at the potomac i would have never went through the same slips a hundred times <laughs> the PDL, yeah, I would have been right. like, oh, let's go try up there. Let's go try out in the bay. Let's go over here. But I did the exact opposite. I think that, like, I really like the autopilot. Uh, I'm a, I mean, I'm a new canoe guy, but I, the only thing that I think they could do with that is they would make it where you could drop a pedal system in it. I think that it would be, it appeal to a lot more people. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's one of our hosts, uh, JP's got one, and I mean, his is slick. I think he's got the... I can't remember what size the bigger one is. It's like 13 or something like that. It's it's a monster, but that thing's so nice. I mean, that that is true. I, I know the hole's really far forward, so you, you can't drop a PDL in there. But if I could, if I could have an auto autopilot where I could swap them out, but that's some guys happen. are bow mountain um, predators in big water. So if you I, do that, it would you... throw my ass out of that thing. <laughs> no I, i've seen it one objective makes it dude oh, guys boy. do it man that maybe like a lit you know a, a lighter guy but i would be out of that thing so quick i don't know i, I thought about it because I, I mean <laughs> even trey trey leach at innovative sportsman he makes a whole contraption on the back where you can put 
a Torquedo on the back and you use that as your rudder. And then he has a rudder attachment that you can put on the back of the Torquedo mount whenever you can't motor. So, I mean, it's, it's a great setup. It's a really expensive setup because, mm. you know, just having all that, it's, I mean, Torquedo itself is really expensive, but uh, yeah, that, that that's the reason I haven't done it. But Yeah. That I, I like to uh, listen to Trey just talk, you know, and that guy starts, because he has the, I have ideas. We all have ideas. Yeah. He has the ability to take an idea and put it into a product, yeah. um, which for me is like fun because, you know, I get to just tease him with random ideas, but he actually thinks about it. And he's like, I, I know, I don't even want to think about it. You know, like, just, just stop. Because <laughs> me I think and Dan kind of have that same deal with John with Yak Gadget, but we, everybody's learned that he's definitely more of the creative mind. Like that's what he would rather be doing than the, like the business side of things. So yeah. you can mess up quick, like on the water with him and be like, man, it'd be nice if this would do that. <laughs> 10 minutes later, he's got a CAD drawing and he's like, yeah, going to go print it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's just awesome. You know, I, I'm really fortunate to, to live near Trey and be able to go visit his shops. Um, and he's also one of my like travel partners, you know, and like a shameless plug. I've seen that guy go out of his way so many times on events, you know, someone will order something and just to avoid shipping, he'll just bring it to him and meet him at an event and, you know, slap it on their kayak for him. And I don't That's know. Awesome. He's I, a good... I, probably, I probably would have that set up if I live closer to him because you have to run the lines. I'm, I'm so not like I do the simple DIY, everything else. I, my buddies help me, but the, uh, but yeah, the running lines, it's it's like every dollar I've paid that man to work on my kayak has been worth it. I always said like <laughs> he, he rigged me a dream, man. Like it, you know, he just gets it, you know, but he gets he gets a lot of like good influence from some people like Jeff Little. Um, yeah. you know, that gosh, that guy's been kayak fishing longer than you know most. Tyler was in a, a canoe. Yeah, I mean he he's just got that you know that sense of like what he wants to do so he gets influence from him and jeff's a genius when it comes to rigging so when those two get brainstorming something uh really good you know generally comes of it so I, i'm just fortunate he's right right up the road from me uh i drop my stuff off with him and i say do it make it good make it great you know i don't i don't, even... I don't know how public it is but i'll say it because i don't know either one of them but uh they're working on something together aren't they well, it's it's out. That, uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they, they've got a. You know, I I I, 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 would venture to say that uh, um, you'll see it more often. But uh, they're they're dabbling in the uh, inflatable market, and I've seen it. Um, I've touched it. I felt it, and uh, <laughs> it's it's not your uh, standard inflatable. Um, it's, 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 a, yeah. it's a pretty cool boat and I know they're still going through testing and, you know, making adjustments. Cause I don't think any of those guys will let anything leave the shop unless it's perfect, you know, which is they're, appreciated. They're way too OCD to, you know, <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say anymore because I have my thoughts on, on their position with it. Um, but I don't know if my opinion here is, is completely necessary uh but but i know <laughs> that uh i will own one um i i think there's you know a certain 
place for it and a niche. Yeah. And, I, I, and, and that's exactly what I think about it. Like the, that inflatable is the perfect boat somewhere at some, some time. It, it may not be the most versatile, but you know, like for a lot of Jeff stuff, Susquehanna, there's a lot of places where that is, that's the deal. So, yeah. It's, it's just, it's really cool. Brad I, I, Hicks on the Ohio river. Yeah. You know, he's a big, Brad's big NRS. He's just the NRS, whatever. And, um, a good buddy of mine down here, Trey Johnson. Trey's owned it's either thirty three or thirty six kayaks. So he that's his like his hobby is buying and trying a kayak and getting rid of it. And um, whether he admits it or not, that's what he's doing. But he he was told by uh, Ben Meredith years ago that Hobies were the way of the, or I'm not Hobies, I'm sorry, inflatables were the way of the future. He's like, you're stupid. And Hobie came out with the iTrek 11. He talked him into getting one. And Trey told me last weekend, he was like, I'll never own another roto-molded kayak. I can guarantee you that. I can't wait to see what uh, Trey and Jeff are putting together. So they must be, like, this guy doesn't post videos about anything or take many pictures of anything. He will not shut up about this iTrek. <laughs> uh, and and just the fact that the inflatables, he's like, man, it weighs 30 pounds. It, it takes 10 pounds of air to feel like a surfboard, like. It's fantastic. Uh, he's six foot eight, and they have no seat adjustment, and he fits in them just perfect. And I was like, well, okay, well, I mean, if you're critical on everything and you love this thing, it must be good. So I can't wait to try one. Yeah, no, it's so I've Jeff. I went fishing, snakehead fishing with Jeff, which I on the snakehead thing. Ryan, Tyler, anybody hook into a snakehead this weekend? Nope, catfish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this was my first time traveling and not getting into any catfish i could not believe i did not catch a single catfish on this I caught, trip and i caught I a amazed. really big snakehead on sunday and i you know it kind of hurt me to not keep it because i ate the heck out of them especially this time of year when the water they're is cold. good oh they're fantastic i mean it's about the the whitest flakiest fluffy meat you could ever imagine and if you figure out how to flay them you won't touch a bone, which is, you know, a huge thing. Um, but we actually have restaurants locally selling them, uh, you, know, or, you know, that's on the menu and people can't get enough of them. Um, it's really good. But uh, yeah, I was, I was just like, no, but on the inflatable thing, Jeff and I were snakehead uh, fishing two years ago or so. And when Jeff first started dabbling in the inflatable uh, community and he had a big sea eagle, it's like a, torpedo cruise 6.0 or something and he's like man you should we should switch or whatever you know you should take this well you know and i was like all right cool and uh i had a fun on that thing man i could run it in no water and it was stick steer and i you know this is a boat that can hold three people it's not a kayak inflatable it's like a boat inflatable yeah and and it kind of changed my mind on things because those tubes are so hard you know it's not like you just push in with your finger and you know it's not malleable it's it's heavy duty chambers of air um and it's just something kind of i don't know i mean it's the same stuff they're making I mean, like military grade dinghies out of and exactly exactly like, a lot of people think inflatable and think that you're taking a like a uh, inflatable like you know one of the i can't even think what they're called something you put in a pool right like a you pool know, something you're yeah, like yeah. yeah that's what people think of it and like no they're i mean they have to be tough to be able to be as stable as they are because i mean most of them are like it's like standing on a paddleboard 
Right. I mean, you just hang a giant flat object and filter there. But I think there's probably a learning curve from going from something roto molded to that. But you know, that's oh, I'm sure. Anyhow, yeah. my learning curve would be like not dragging it across the rocks and tearing a hole in it because <laughs> yeah. if you can mess something up, I'm your guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the only deterrent for me. I'll try someone else. The same thing with the Hobie Links. I wanted to try one because it was lightweight. But I, everybody told me they're like, man, it's like an aluminum can if you get anywhere near rocks. So like I carried mine out into the water, into like waist deep water before I got on it. Like I would get off of the inflatable in like 40 degree water and walk it to the bank because I mean, I was just waiting to like snag it on a like a briar patch patch or something and just smoke a hole in it just because apparently it's that thin and I have that kind of bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> Sorry. All well, right. All right guys. Well, we, we appreciate y'all being on. We don't want to hold y'all up too long. Uh, we want to give everybody a chance to shout out anybody that makes fishing easier for you. Stole that from Dark Waters. If he comes back, we're keeping it because you're not on there. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, we'll, we'll start with you, man. Um, so I get, yeah, um, start with like family, my fiance, she lets me travel all over the place. She stays home with the dogs, takes care of all that and lets me go wherever I feel like going. Um, and then sponsors like old town canoes, kayaks, they are behind me and that makes everything a lot easier. Um, the whole Johnson outdoor family is awesome. Um, black hall outfitters. That's our, um, our old town dealer local to me. Um, but they sell a ton of, a ton of kayaks all over. They do a lot of online stuff too. Um, but they're only strictly old towns, um, enduro power lithium batteries. I just got with them this year. And like I said earlier, I fished that tournament on Sunday before we left using a hundred amp hour, (laughs) fished a whole day tournament, got in the truck, went down there jumped back in the kayak through that hundred amp hour into the seat and went and tire other the rest of that day on that same battery without charging it. They're absolutely phenomenal. Um, and they're, they're moving more into the kayak realm. They were doing a lot of the, um, like RV stuff prior, but now they're in the RV realm. It's, or now they're in the kayak realm. It's awesome. And I couldn't be happier with those batteries. Um, Northbound gear, they are a clothing company, cold weather. They're out of Canada. They, so it's kind of hard to get right now here in the States, but all that cold weather stuff came in handy down there. Um, the rain that Tyler was talking about earlier. <laughs> it's a lot of fun all week. Um, and then stretching lines. Um, they make some soft plastics and stuff. They're local to me and the guy's awesome. So those guys, I appreciate them and family and friends. And that's it. There you go. Tyler, how about you, man? Yeah. So, uh, what what would that be in the hook you got on your shirt? Oh, so that's actually that's uh, my primary sponsor, Three Bells. Three oh, okay. Bells Outfitters in Connecticut, and they uh, yeah, you and Dustin. Yeah, they uh, they they take care of me really well, and they really they back us up and give us all the support we need. And you know, I I needed some uh, some stuff for my kayak last minute, and I call them up, and it it's there, and I got it, and so that's uh, super helpful. And, uh, and it helps, too, that they're now also carrying Dakota Lithium Batteries, who I'm on the Dakota Lithium team. So, and, uh, yeah, and now with that, you know, 24-volt Minn Kota, uh, <laughs> I need the battery power to, to run that thing. So um, that's pretty solid. And then, uh, again, you know, Three Bells hooked me up with uh, Feel Free. So 
on the feel free fishing team and those guys uh take good care of me as well um you know john rap yep uh then uh fx custom rods uh they uh they're a rod company that i've been with for a couple years now and i run them exclusively and they are uh they're solidly built rods and, and i really like using those um and then I I could not be able to travel and do everything I do without the support of the company that I work for, Sterling Environmental. Um, they allow me the freedom to take time off to go to these tournaments. Uh, they allow me to work from the road. If I want to take a week and travel, I can put in some hours remote at the hotel, at the Airbnb, whatever. Um I'm answering calls on the water some days, you know, practice days, but they know to leave me alone during tournament days. And uh, wow. they, they really help me out and they give me a lot of freedom to, to do this, you know, cause that's my passion. Um, and then obviously I'll, uh, I'll send you my resume whenever this is over. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we're, uh, we're looking for more engineers. Uh, we're an environmental engineering firm in, uh, in Albany. Um, and then uh, yeah, my girlfriend, Elizabeth is, super supportive you know when when i'm gone she's taking care of the animals you know the past couple of weeks i've been super stressed getting everything ready and and she's been holding down the fort while i'm going nuts so uh it's it's great when you have a, a support crew like that at home yep sure and alex last but not least the, the hometown guy man <laughs> uh obviously i told you delaware paddle sports brian kidd john lester um, and the rest of the crew that puts a hand in it, it's that, that's my wheelhouse. That is my, that's my Sunday church. Um, I lean on those guys and, uh, they say lean harder, you know what I mean? So that's cool that way. Uh, aside from that innovative sportsman, Trey Leach, um, that's my, my road partner. He's my kayak rigger. Um, give him a follow, go to the website. There's nothing kayak rigging he can't do or figure out i i implore you to put a new idea in his head and watch him work um and torquedo obviously um i've had a just a fun time with the torquedo exploring learning new ways i've mounted it on multiple systems um and i finally had my first uh customer service experience out of four years and it was it was spot on. So uh, I'm a big fan. Um, it allows me to cover more water uh, very efficiently. Customer service is second to none. And, uh, you know, I appreciate Jeff Little putting the bug in my ear years ago to, you know, turn motorized. He said it was a way of the future and it really is. And, it, you know, and I appreciate that there's different options out there for everybody. Not one option or system is, you know, it's, it's not cookie cutter. You know, what works for me is it works for me. And if, if I can help you in some way, shape or form, make it work for you, that's great. But if not, you know, you've got options. That's the best part. You know, it's part of the sport we're growing and you got to love growth. Last but not least, um, my rock, my wife of 13 years, um, I couldn't do it without her. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Especially uh, not this one. I mean, she's probably the only reason you <laughs> dug deep yeah. and went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what? And that's why it's so beautiful. Is like most of the times, you know, uh, 
it, it's funny you know i hear all the newlywed stuff and it's like shoot that was 10 years ago for us like okay. we're getting old i don't look old but i'm old i think i've been uh, married 13 now yeah you Something know like and when you get someone that kicks you in the butt to get your butt out the door and go fishing it's like god man what could i do and you know i've got a four-year-old son um and you know part of me i like that road life um but i also like the consistency of being home and hitting practices and keeping the consistency there for him and that that's important to me you know kayak fishing for me is my escape i don't want it to turn into a job i don't want it to turn into something that um takes the fun out of it so i try and keep it as lighthearted as possible like I, I told you earlier it's all about the people for me um i, I i'm a transplant here so my makbf family uh an extended thank you to them um for for setting hooks in me and keeping me gripped to the series uh it's been fun it's been wild and uh i look forward to just continue doing what i'm doing keep you know hitting the events i can um and you know trying to help others badass pools in the summer that's it man just i got a i got a big concrete pour in the morning so <laughs> like you All know right. it's getting late but yeah well we, we appreciate y'all being on and good luck with the rest of the season and and hopefully we're able to have you back on it you know whenever you win the next one all right right on yeah, we appreciate right it guys day. yeah thank Thanks, you guys. thank All you guys right. we appreciate it Holla today all right another great show that's a that's our first potomac show isn't it for sure i don't think i've ever talked about the potomac river before i think i I think i did a long time ago you know a couple of years ago i i think i don't know it's it feels like i did one time yeah yeah. a lot of shows it's hard to hard to remember who's been on and all the different places it's Wait until you have somebody walk up to you and know who you are and you don't know who they are and they've been on the show. Oh yeah. Like we had, we had, we had, we had, uh, it could happen. Anytime. Matt Souders. Matt's now a, a host. Um, I'm, we had them on the final cast, talked to him for a while about one, five, three baits, which was around then met him at Del hollow last year. And he knew who I was. And I was like, man, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I can't. And I was like, uh, he was like, yeah, I've been on the show. I was like, yeah, really? With who? And he's like, you. And I was like, oh, like that makes you feel like an ass. It's, I mean, but, it's, it's not like personal. Well, we, if you, if you, if no, and if you break it down, we do 52 shows at minimum a year yeah. or 50, it's 49 because we take well, three weeks off for Christmas. On, you're going to be on other shows too. And exactly. Yeah, we do a lot. It's, it's, it gets tough, you know? Well, all right. That was a great show. Um, yeah, as always, one. which I say always, which I've kind of skipped out on this a couple of times because I forget it. Uh, but we're going to do some uh, tourney recap real quick from some other stuff that went on in the across the country in the kayak world. So we got quite a few, but we'll run over them real fast. Uh, first thing I want to mention, it's not on here because the I don't know if it wasn't on tourney X or I just missed it, but uh, Hobie did their first collegiate event in kayaks and our man jackson Orr and his teammate kicked everybody's butt at that so big shout out to him love you dude keep keep kicking everybody's butt i know he just made a post about talking about how he's been having a tough year and then he turned right around and just whacked him so good job brother 
But uh, here we go. Mid-Atlantic kayak bass fishing. Uh, that was the event that was uh, going on with the KBF. 50 anglers, five fish limit. Ryan Lignelli with 87 and a half. Bear Wenzel with 84. Third place, Michael Cheney with 83. Next up, the Peach State kayak anglers were on Lake Okanoe and Lake Sinclair in Georgia. 36 anglers. First place, Josh Choi with 91, anchored with a big 23 and a quarter. Second place, Larry Bug with 82. Third place, Mike Watson with 81 and three quarters. So he he gapped second place. Good job, Josh. Uh, next up, kayak anglers of Florida on the Sunshine State Trail in Kingsville, uh, which is Vera Beach. 43 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Matt Voigt with 95. Second place, uh, Gatano. I'm Chris Scully. We're going to go with that. 90 and three quarters. He had a big 23 and third place, Michael Parker with 89 and three quarter. Um, there were a bunch of big fish caught in that tournament, but it's Florida fishing's on fire down there. It's kind of like what happens down there. I'm jealous. Uh, next up the West Virginia kayak anglers, uh, are on Stonewall Jackson Lake and the stone coal Lake open, uh, 67 anglers, first place, Greg Kupfner with 52. He was the only angler to catch a limit. Second place, Buddy Vance with 38 and three quarters. Whoo, it was a tough day. And third place, Mark Edwards with 35 and three quarters. The goat whisperer. <laughs> uh, next up, the natural state kayak anglers were on Lake Wachita. 33 anglers, five fish limit. Uh, Matt Gifford with 87 and three quarters. Second place, Eric Morris with 84. Third place, Garrett Morgan with 83 and a quarter. Uh, next up, ooh, scrolled too far. Next up, some natural state kayak anglers were on the NWA Caps Men's Cuts Beaver Lake South. Whatever all that means. Hope they know. Yeah. 61 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Kyle Long with 89 and three quarters. Second place, Vince Minnick with 83 and three quarters. Third place, Dwayne Beatty with 80 and a quarter. Uh, going on from there, next up we had the Tennessee Bass Nation on Kentucky Lake, 55 anglers. Uh, first place was Chris Walters, 89 and a half. Second place, Mr. Cinco himself, Josh Stewart with 87. Third place, Mike Cheatham with 85 and three quarters. And it's not on here, but I know it was this. Shout out to my man and my teammate, Music City Outdoors, Garrett. Garrett got fourth in that event, had a great day, and he won the event that was going on with that, which they didn't have 25, so it's not on here, but congrats, brother. Uh, next up, we had the Moyak River Series event, which was statewide. It was 28 anglers. First place, Chad Davison with 86 and a quarter. Second place, Kerry Evans, 78 and three quarter. Josh Keats with 75 and three quarter. Uh, moving on, the Southern Illinois Kayak Club was on Newton Lake. Uh, first place, Reese Schneider with 89 and three quarters. Second place, Darren Hemker with 87 and a quarter. Third place, Dalton Williams with 85 and a half. This is a cool one, and I wish they had the results from the rest of this. Uh, we may have to call these guys and get them on the show next week. Um, it was the Patriot Sport Sporting Challenge in Yanis, Texas. It is a shooting, fishing, and golf combined tournament. And all of the proceeds are, and everything is a, a, an educational opportunity, and proceeds go to helping the families out of fallen and disabled military and first responders. So all I've got for you is the fishing results, but there was a shooting and golf competition. So I kind of want to talk to these guys and see how it was, but 27 anglers, first place, Paul McFarland had 97 and a quarter. Again, they're in Texas. That's how they do things. 
Uh, second place was Miss Joanne O'Brien with 94 and three quarter and third place, Brian Dick with 87 and three quarter. Um, and there were a bunch of huge fish caught in that 24 and a half, 23s, bunch of biggins. Uh, last two stay with me. Kayak anglers association of central Arizona or on Lake Pleasant, uh, 27 anglers. First place, Brian Gibbs with, or I'm sorry, Bryce Gibbs with 91. Second place, uh, Raman Rana with 78. Maybe Raina may have said that wrong. Sorry. Um, Bradley Cullen with third place, 78 inches. And last but not least, the Urban Anglers of Los Angeles were at Pudding Stone Reservoir in San Dimas, Cali. And first place, Adam Garcia with 83 and a half. Second place, Rafael Jimenez with 83 and a quarter. And third place, Joey Aquino with 82 and three quarters. So tournament season's in full swing for everybody. There's a bunch of tournaments. We'll keep giving them to you each week. But uh, yeah. Uh, make sure you uh, go follow the guys we had on tonight. Uh, remember the events we told you about this morning. Make sure you go check out the Fantasizer and get everything set and see how you're doing, see if you can beat old Dan up here. But uh, you got anything else, brother? Where are your PFDs? I got That's a new it. one. I got a new one today. Hey, what, what'd you get? Uh, Mustang Chimera. Ooh, inflatable. No, it's, it's like a hybrid. Oh, I'll have to check it out. I, I just, you know, I like, and I've had an inflatable and I've had Chinook. I sold my old Chinook, bought a new Chinook, and it's like, eh, it's too bulky because I'm used to the inflatable. So it's, it's an in between. There you go. Well, all right, folks. Well, you heard it. We're your PFD, and we will see everybody next week. We're out. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures your Midwest premier paddle sports destination, go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jig Masters Jigs, when in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.